Welcome back to This Week in Film. Uh, Fourth time's a charm. It's a weekly podcast where we come together to discuss the movies that we watched over the past week. I'm Nick Pinanto, and joined as always, Ray Rademiki, Charlie Chester. Where have I been? I don't know who those imposters were last week, but I'm glad they're gone. I'm yeah. glad, too. They were frightening. <laughs> yep. We were sitting around a, in a basement, mm-hmm. not in our normal studio, not our normal comfortable surroundings. <laughs> right. We sat in a basement with a lamp. Just smoking cigarettes. Was it a dark basement? That was lit. It was yeah. lit. We were, at, we were at Lou's house, who's now part of the show. If you go to, the, if you go to our website on the Find Us page, you can find Lou and Dan's picture. Dan's picture is from the day after a bachelor party, <laughs> and Lou's picture is from, I think, the night of a bachelor party. Wow. Fun times. All Two right. different times. Yep. Well, we're back together again. Let's get right to it. Charlie, what did you see? Uh, I've seen so much, but most recently- Not the brag. No. <laughs> I have all this free time with no one to spend it with, so I get to watch movies all the time. Um I about the saddest thing yep, I've heard. In the- yep, there's a tear. Uh, most recently, I saw Green Room. Green Room. <laughs> <laughs> Are you- the, yes, is that the Ben Stiller movie where he's in the seventies? No, is it just a guy in front of a green screen the whole? Is that the Matt Damon movie no, where going. he's trying to fight a rat? Green Zone. Yeah. Green Zone. That's why I pronounced green. it. The other very one was clearly. Greenberg. Green, I liked yeah. Greenberg. I never saw it. It's good sound. Good uh, movie soundtrack. A lot of LCD sound system. Oh, cool. Yeah. I always liked Ben Stiller. Yeah. But Charlie, mm. you saw Green Room, as in uh, the green room in like a club uh, where like the performers get set up and just hang before they they go on stage. Right. Green room. Right. Keeps them fresh. Yeah. And green. Um, I don't know if that's why it's called a green room, but it makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. I just made that up. You yeah. did. It's not Correctly. accurate, but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I really wanted to see this movie because um, this is the second... Uh, feature uh, by a guy named Jeremy Solnier, uh, who did a movie called Blue Ruin. Awesome movie. Yeah. Nick has not seen it based on the look on his face that you guys can't see. I was trying to make a joke about, will his next movie have another color? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, two colors. Oh, maybe he's going for a trilogy. He's going to remake Red Dragon next. Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The third remake of the same story. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Blue Ruin um, is an awesome flick. Uh, it's it's on Netflix right now. I would recommend um, anybody um, go check it out. Super indie. The guy um, pulls off uh, a miracle uh, with such a low budget of just a tension, nail-biting experience. Um, it's essentially it's a revenge flick, Blue Ruin, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so... Uh, this uh, director gets like hit with everybody. Everybody wants a piece of him now. Um, all the major studios are like, you know, offering him um, major budgets to do uh, their movies, and he says no to all of them. And mind you, Blue Ruin was done on ten ten thousand dollars, if that, maybe maybe a little bit more. Like it's a low budget flick, and they pulled off some amazing things with it. So like these 
major uh, companies are coming with, to him with millions of dollars. And this ballsy dude says, no, I want to make my own flick. And gets, I think, private funding to do this movie, Green Room. And Green Room um, is another uh, suspense uh, thriller. And basic idea is there's a punk rock band on the road. They get told about a gig um, in, you know, like middle of nowhere. Um, they go, they drive to it. Uh, they're headlining, and it ends up being a neo-Nazi um, club mm. owned by neo-Nazis. The neo-Nazis, like, are the only ones that go there. Um, this community has got a lot of neo-Nazis in it. They thought it was just a club called Aaron's. Right. Oh, God. That's a very clever joke that I'm going to cut out of the show. <laughs> so... So uh, they're they're you know playing this gig. Um, they win over the the crowd, a very hostile crowd. But they win them over. They go back to the green room and they walk in on someone uh, getting murdered by one of these neo Nazi guys. And uh, the basic idea of the rest of the movie is that they they shack up in the um, in the green room. They like they boarded themselves in. And it's like a survival film at that point because the neo-Nazis have to kill them. Um, otherwise, they're, they're going to get uh, the law involved. And uh, it's just them trying to get out alive. So there's like six of them stuck in this room. And um, the main neo-Nazi, the guy that owns the club, is played by Patrick Stewart. And no you way. wouldn't think it, but he is terrifying in this movie. Yeah, he, he is. Have you ever seen Conspiracy Theory? Is he in a wheelchair? <laughs> <laughs> he can read your mind. And... Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he he actually pulled the prop from X Men. <laughs> he owns it. He brings it with him to every set. <laughs> uh, he 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 plays this. He goes. He plays it monotone, like a very like yeah, like, like I'm that. I'm not gonna show any emotion like i don't care about these guys at all like his decision to like order the hit on these guys is so casually frightening that it's uh he creates a character that that is um iconic it's so good um and the uh the main kid in the movie the main like uh, the leads not the lead singer i think is lead guitarist is played by anton yulchin i Yulkin. think yulkin 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 I'll pronounce it ten different ways, and I won't ever get it right. Uh, that's the guy who uh, recently passed away. Um, he's uh, best probably known for Star Trek. He plays the the Russian Chekhov. Chekhov. Alpha, yeah. Alpha Dog too. Uh, Alpha yeah. Dog's a cool movie. Yeah. He Kid gets kidnapped. Dude, yeah. I'm so depressed by his death. He because he's so good in this movie, and I've been a fan of his since I worked. Um, I uh, interned at Tribeca Film Films. That was like the first thing I ever did in the film industry oh. before Troma. And I worked uh, for Jane Rosenthal and De Niro. So like De Niro was always in the office. So um, really shy dude, by the way, De Niro. Like would never make eye contact. Let's let's get one thing. It was Sean De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> Some, somehow we got into the fact that Charlie has met Robert yeah. De Niro yep. before. Yep. Him and his buddy, Bobby. Yeah, me and Bobby go Bobby D. Yeah. yeah. But... Uh, uh, when I was at Tribeca Film, uh, they uh, just got a, a film um, that was directed by David Duchovny. It was David Duchovny's first directorial debut, and they wanted to uh, um, 
push him into like the limelight as a director at this point. And it was uh, Anton Yelkin. 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 Uh, <laughs> it was his first flick. It was like him as a, a young kid. And I, I remember seeing the movie because we would watch and like give feedback on these things that they were um, purchasing uh, and thinking like this, this kid is uh, charming for such a young kid and ever since then i followed his career and i can't think of one movie i didn't like him in like he brought it to everything even like i was so hesitant about the sequel uh, the remake to uh fright night because that was like one of my favorite movies growing up and uh he was awesome in that movie and in this one he plays he plays the part um timid and like um uh frightened like the whole time and you're legitimately feel for him and he gets like, the director goes a route of um, gore. Like when people are getting killed, it's not sh like implied off camera. It's not um, like a quick bullet to the head. Like if you get a bullet to the head, like it is a bloody freaking mess when you get shot in the head. And he doesn't cut away from it. And at one point, Anton takes um, a beating and it is disturbing to watch. Mm. And afterwards, you're like, "This is a, this is a broken character." After what he just uh, uh, went through, and um, the the actor like kills it. He he absolutely kills it. And uh, yeah, like I'm, I was literally on the edge of my seat for for like an hour and forty five minutes. It was really good. I didn't know where it was gonna go, how it was gonna play, and they even have like really fun moments in it where like the characters are devising a plan to go this in like one direction and then you're like okay oh, that's well that's how they, that group started they've yeah one direction that was a one direction joke harry yep. harry styles yeah is that one of the guys that's the only guy i know i thought it was nick jonas no no they're the jonas brothers oh sorry how stupid of me <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> so like uh they would like uh <laughs> right in <laughs> to the script like uh Okay, Great so to be back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking it out of the park. Uh, there's like moments in there where they're like, you know, say just for instance, I'm, so I don't want to ruin like these really cool moments, but like they're counting bullets and they're like, you know, like how many guys are out there? There's six bullets or whatever. And then um, for no good reason, uh, like the gun falls uh between the cracks in the floor and they lose the gun. You know what I mean? It's just like what they're setting things up and like these rules or whatnot, but life gets in the way a lot of times right. and they try to ground it into reality and say like, the movie is not going to plan itself out. Random things are just going to take us off course all the time. And, uh, it ends up working really, really well in this flick, which could have been, Super simple, um, you know, uh, ends up being extremely layered. And uh, I, I suspect that the director is going to um, move on to some really big things next. Yeah, he's on the he's definitely on the fast track. I've, I've been wanting to see this ever since it was on the festival circuit, and it got such good, you know, buzz from that. And then uh, I just haven't gotten around to see it. So, yeah, it's definitely on one of the top things on my list to see in the coming weeks. This is He wrote this, you said? He wrote it and directed it. Nice. Yeah. That sounds like a cool movie. I'd like to see it as well. Yeah, definitely recommend it. It's a Blue Ruin. No. 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 Blue Ruin is another Greenberg. movie. Greenberg. Green. Green Room. <laughs> Green Room. Ray, what did you see this week? This week, 
Uh, I watched a movie that Nick has been talking about for years now. I would or maybe a year or so. Maybe ever since you saw it, you've been mentioning to people that you they need to see this movie. Yeah. Um, and I finally got around to seeing it. It's called Headhunters. It's a Norwegian film directed by Morten Tildum, who you may know from a movie called The Imitation Game, which was very popular the last year. It was mm-hmm. nominated for a bunch of awards. I think it actually yeah. won Best uh, Adapted Screenplay. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds about right. Uh, the Oscar for that. that doesn't sound um, so this, this movie came before Imitation Game, um, and it's in Norwegian. Uh, it's based on a book by Joe Nesbo. Oh, no way. Yeah. Uh, of, of the same name, he's he's done a bunch of uh, he's had a couple of his books made into movies, right? I don't know. Oh, I thought you knew who he was. was. Oh, I didn't know it was a book. Like now, I yeah, read yeah. The book. I really, is, uh, I really you you made it sound like you recognized the name Joe Nesbitt. Yeah, he like he like <laughs> yeah, you I perked, just like, up. perked up there. Yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, okay. oh, my boy Joe Nesbo. I've heard of books. <laughs> um, well, anyway, he's he's a uh, Norwegian writer who's had a couple of his movies made in or books made into movies. Um. So this movie stars uh, a guy named Askel Henny. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, Norwegian actor. And then a Danish actor named Nikolai Koster-Waldu. I definitely didn't pronounce that right. But you'll know him as Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. So that kind of gives you a little insight. Um, So going into this movie, I'd seen the trailer. And I'd heard Nick talk about it briefly. Um, so I thought this was going to be a heist movie. Yeah. It's not a heist movie at all. Charlie, have you seen this? No. No, um, not at all. So the the premise is, the reason why I thought it was going to be a heist movie, is about this guy named Roger, and he works as a headhunter. Hence the title. Yeah. Um, he's very one of the most profitable headhunters in all of Norway. But he also leads a double life. And a headhunter is is what? Oh, sorry. A headhunter is somebody who... Seeks out people to be hired by other companies, right? Mm-hmm. Is that a good way of describing yeah. it? Um, and then he gets a cut of what the guy makes. Something like, yeah, Something he gets like, like a fee. Right. Yeah. So he does very well with that. But he also has a double life and is an art thief. And what he does is he sneaks into people's houses with the help of his friend who works for a security system company. His friend disarms the people's houses. He sneaks in and steals a piece of their art and replaces it with a fake Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and before they even you know they can go weeks months years before they even know something's stolen and by then he's already sold the original and made a profit off of it very good business so which i just i just don't understand art right the art business right i understand art but the buying of selling art. It's buying and selling art and like the fa- fact that somebody would even notice if it was different. Right, yeah. If it's that close to a... F- yeah, same same here. Um, so I'm thinking this movie's going to be about this guy, like he's going to, you know, have a, you know, get a big job and he's going to steal like something like really expensive, which is how it starts out. He meets uh, uh, Jamie Lannister's character um, at an art gallery um, through his wife. And his wife happens to mention while when they go home at night that he has like a, this painting that's like very rare, extremely rare, in his grandmother's house, mm-hmm. and he's looking to get rid of it. And that you know the light bulb goes off in Roger's head. He's like, "Oh, I got to steal this painting." So he gets his friend. His friend is reluctant to do it, but he gets his friend to help help sneak him in. He sneaks into this guy's house, is stealing, gets the painting, steals it, and is walking out. And he realizes 
um, or he calls his wife's cell phone, and his yeah. wife's cell phone rings in the guy's bedroom. Yeah. And he realizes that this dude is sleeping with his wife. Yeah. So that kind of throws a little wrinkle in it. He still steals the painting. That whole scene. Right. Is so tense. Right. When he's calling, the, he's hearing the phone ring. Right. And he's like looking for it in the house. But you're also, you're also like, get out of the house. Right, exactly. Because he, he has the painting and yeah. he doesn't know like when this guy's coming back. Yeah. So he gets the painting, goes home. Um, you know, his wife's acting like nothing's going on. He, you know, he knows she's cheating on him. Wakes up the next morning and his partner is supposed to st- take his car and drive the painting to whoever, you know, sells it or whatever. And his partner is dead in his car, in his garage. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know what to do. So he puts him in the trunk of his car, drives to like a lake and throws his partner in the lake. His partner wakes up in the lake <laughs> and you realize that he's not dead. Mm-hmm. He was like shot with like a poison needle and it didn't kill him. It was only like, you know, he didn't get all, he didn't get all the poison. So this sets off like a cat and mouse type of scenario where somehow Jamie Lannister finds out that he stole his painting and starts hunting him down to the point where it's just like ridiculous. This movie just turns into like a ridiculous, like he's chasing him. Jamie Lannister is like a special forces officer. He like can trace him through the woods and like, yeah. is there a moment where he's hiding in an outhouse in the yeah. toilet? Yeah. Yes. I did see this. <laughs> yeah. But you saw the whole film? Yeah. It, yeah I'm like, why oh, does good. it sound then so we familiar? Say, then we can talk to why all does about it. Why does it sound so familiar? I probably yes, wouldn't shut I do, up about I do it. remember it now. Yeah. So there's a scene in the movie so where, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, we're going to spoil the whole movie. Yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a scene in the movie where this guy is, you know, being chased by, this special forces guy and he runs into an outhouse Mm. and he realizes he has nowhere to go and climbs into the toilet of this outhouse. This outhouse looks like it's been there since Norway was founded and hides in the toilet in just like, like gallons of shit. (laughs) I I was thinking about that. I'm like, and how many people they, that took an army of people just crapping. How much shit that he's waiting for. And just, and just lays in there using a toilet paper roll to breathe out of. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Like... An absolutely disgusting scene. Yeah. So it's somehow worse. It, it, it's probably worse because he has to, like, go into it so slow then... Right. Then, um... To make him what's ripple uh, in, the, in the poo. What's the millionaire? Slumdog millionaire where right. the kid falls in. Right. But he falls in and gets out as fast as he can. But, like, he has to, like... Go. Slowly and just stay there, and not move. Yeah. So and yeah. then put his head under. Oh man, it it's like it's like the consistency of like just mashed potatoes yeah. like slowly <laughs> sinking into <laughs> one of the more disgusting, cringeworthy scenes I've, oh, I've yeah. seen in a long time. Like buttery mashed potatoes. Um, the movie is very violent. Um, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of scenes where you know. People come into the into this cat and mouse thing and that shouldn't be there and get killed unknowingly. There's a scene where a, a dog gets killed. Oh yeah, which is very gruesome. That was messed up. <laughs> I hope no animals were harmed in the making of this film because it looked very it realistic. It looked very real. <laughs> I don't remember who killed the dog. Uh, he Roger kills the dog because uh, the dog is the dog is attacking. It's an attack him. dog. He, yeah, yeah. he has a, he has means to kill the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the way the dog goes out is yeah. just very gruesome. And then and then it just continues. Right. Um. 
the character of Roger, like it, he essentially is like he's like a loser. Right. right? They well, make he, him off to be like he's an overachiever. Pathetic. He has a he has a really hot wife, and he's very short, and he doesn't have much hair. There's um, nothing nothing wrong with that last part. Right. No, of course not. Uh, yeah, he yeah he's very not an underachiever. Or, and he's been or over- the having a hot wife part. There's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Either. Oh yeah, he's playing off as if he's making way more money than he is. Right, right? Yeah. and he's over. He's been overachieving his whole life, and yeah. he's finally this has caught up to him, and like just his life just starts spiraling out of control. Yeah, but he does. He's definitely not a tough guy. Like no. when he's getting chased, he's like oh, he's like scared, he's a big scared out of his mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He goes he goes through so many lengths to hide his identity and like yeah. that scene get out the, of this by the river. Right when he's. Uh, where he's burning his clothes and Bix's and Bix's head. Bix's head. Oh, oh yeah, that, that's uncomfortable to watch because it's so it's like hard it's like a uh, it's like an old rusty Bick. Yeah, yeah. And he's just cutting the shit out. Right, of he's just he's just, he's just come to that he's he's at the he's at his wits end at this point, and mm-hmm. he just needs to change identities. Needs to change identities. And yeah, just, he doesn't want to die basically because he he will if this guy catches him. So that's what the movie turns into. Like I said, like more of a cat and mouse chase game. Chase game. Um... Uh, the ending is very good. Uh, I, won't, I won't spoil the ending for anybody who has, who's never seen it, but it, it comes together nicely. Throughout the entire movie, like I said, I was kind of disappointed. with. I thought I was getting into a heist film, so when that happens to me, sometimes I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. This time I kind of wasn't, um, but the ending really brought it together for me because like, there was a lot of questions, and it kind of brings every, all the questions are answered. You're like, why is this person doing this? How did he yeah. know this? And then you kind of find out at the end, like, why somebody knew this was going on or how he found out he stole the painting. Yeah. And, like, why his wife was acting the way she was acting and yeah. all, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It's it's really well done. Yeah, They're so really they, well they, really, they really bring it bring it home together uh, nicely. Um, like I said, it's a foreign language film, so it's in Norwegian, so you have to watch it with subtitles, which I don't mind. I don't know about you guys. No, I don't mind. That, no, that I, never bothers me. I, I didn't mind. I know I it turns some people like, off. I feel like I saw it with, with um, dub, though. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, yeah that would that, be worse. I think. Um, an actual uh, one last thing. Fun fact: It's the highest-grossing Norwegian film of all time. Oh, really? Yeah, that's interesting. So, if you have any Norwegian friends, ask them if they've seen Headhunters. And the director obviously isn't going anywhere. Like I said, Imitation Game was pretty popular. I actually didn't even like that movie that much, but it's a lot of people seem to like it. So it seems like he's going to be. Uh, I liked Imitation Game. I'm not a big uh, Cumberbatch fan. I can't stand his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like literally? Like this literally sh- his mouth? Yeah, or the his, way like, he talks. No, his like mouth. Like, it has makes. Like you can tell he had a lisp, and it's it's just annoy. I don't know. It just annoys me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So very, as I digress, he knows. Did not like. Yeah. He knows. Um. But yeah, check it out. I think you'll really like it. It's 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 a very fun movie. Um. Like I said, if you can get, if you can get past past the subtitles, yeah, was which the, most people can. I was the same way. I thought it was going to be an art heist movie, right. and it's it, it's just it, crazy it just and wacky. changing yeah. what it's about. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, headhunters, check it out. Uh, so closing things out this week, I watched two movies. I watched the 1990 Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, Paul Verhoeven's Total Recall. Yeah, oh, nice. A fantastic movie. I also watched 2012's Colin Farrell's <laughs> Len Wiseman directed Total Recall. Not a good movie. <laughs> Not a good movie oh, at all. No. Yeah, so I figured I would compa- compare and contrast the two movies um, because because why not? Um, the nineteenth, the Schwarzenegger. 
uh, Total Recall is, um, I was saying this to you earlier, right? But uh, it is, if you haven't seen it in some time, it is perfect. Like almost from the top down as far as tone, uh, storytelling, character development. And as long as you can get past Arnold Schwarzenegger being Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? And and even like just as soon as you accept that Arnold is is this is supposed to be the everyman, right? It's it's so good from from the very beginning of the movie, and and I never caught this before, but in, from the very beginning of the the '90s one, you don't know what's real, right? And it is so so lightly done, and in the 2012 Total Recall, it is so poorly done. Uh, if you if you want to look at both movies and in uh, the Arnold one, the movie starts with him having a dream that he's on Mars uh, with the the girl Melina, I think right. her name is, right. and he and wakes Sharon up. Stone? No, Sharon Stone's is no, the white. Br- the brunette. Yeah, the brunette whose name I don't know. Um, and then in on Mars, he wakes up because he he's cracked his spacesuit helmet open and he's doing that eyeballs right, right, thing because yeah. he's you know dying. Which is an iconic scene. Yeah. And the 2012 version, it starts with Colin Farrell and Jessica Biel running down a hallway, and they're not on Mars. They're in Australia, and she falls down into the water. Oh, yeah. like, I they, mean, they completely omit Aust- uh, Mars from the entire. N- there's no Mars in this movie at all. Now, I haven't read the book, the f- which I am aware of books, um, right. the Philip K. Dick, um, I forget the name of it. I'll, I'll think of it too. We can remember your dreams wholesale, something yes, like that. Yes, yes. And um, I don't know if that movie takes place on Mars. If the Mars thing is totally invented for the old movie, but in the new movie, there are two land masses left: Britain and Australia, and then the rest of the world is inhabitable and in, uninhabitable. What did I say? Inhabitable. The opposite of that. <laughs> no one can live there. <laughs> and in the 90s one, Earth is just a regular place. It's just the future. It's just the future. And Mars is a vacation destination and also a place where my like it's a it's, it's like colonized. It's the it's like Bermuda where like right. the locals are treated poorly. Right. Uh, but people go there for a very expensive vacation. Sure. So in the nineties one, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a regular guy who's just very bored with his life. And in the new one, Colin Farrell is a regular guy who I don't even know. I don't even know. He's just Colin Farrell. He's just Colin Farrell and Doing a bad American accent. I guess he was, yeah. He just well, Kate Beckinsale. Kate accent. Beckinsale, who plays his wife, also has a bad American <laughs> accent, and that, but she just gives up on it the minute. <laughs> are, um, there, are there aliens in the no, new one? No, no. In the new one, there's it's just America, and so that's the other thing. So, in in the old, see, I thought this would be easier to do to, to to bang them against each other, but it's it's much more it's much more challenging. So, for instance, in the old one, the the poor people on Mars are the mutants, like people who have been exposed to radioactive air or waste or right. or whatever, and their faces are melting off or they've got deformities like the lady with three boobs. Right. And the new one, he just goes to Australian Chinatown and there's just a lady with three boobs there because it was in the first one. Just shoehorned it. Right. It just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. But that's but everything about the new one it's supposed to be here's a fresh take on a on a classic story, but in order to understand the new one, you have to have seen 
the original one and watching the original one ruins the new one because it's so much better. Right. And um, one thing I want to say before I forget is um, Colin Farrell's friend uh, from where they work at the RoboCop factory <laughs> um, makes a joke about Colin Farrell's wife very early on where he says, hey, you ought to treat your wife better than that. Women like her don't just fall out of the sky. And for the next two and a half hours, all I did was wait for the scene where he throws her out the window and for someone to say, well, I guess women like that do fall out of the sky. It never goddamn happens. <laughs> it never happens. And there's so many times that the half of the movie takes place 40 stories off the ground. Like, come on, just do it. And and he she could have fallen to her death at any time. Oh man! Of all the disappointments <laughs> in that movie, never getting that that line, I feel is one of the worst. But um, Len Wiseman, like, what is what has he done that we should love? I can't remember. He's Underworld, the, Underworld movies, yeah. yeah. Uh, he hasn't done it. He doesn't. He hasn't done anything you that no, you love. No, okay. he's married to Kate Beckinsale, or he was. Or he right. Was. So she does every single movie he does. Yeah. yeah. And then he screwed that up, like he screws up every movie. Right. Um, um, we just crushed Len Wiseman in like yeah. ten seconds. Uh, he <laughs> makes some <laughs> terrible movies. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm annoyed suck. by him because I've wasted probably about nine hours of my life on his movies. I can't take it anymore. Um, he uh, uh, Ver Verhoeven. What's the guy's name that directed the original? Paul Verhoeven. Um, directed uh, my favorite movie of all time. So he's a master of tone, Starship big time. Um, dude, RoboCop is the greatest movie yeah. ever made. Come oh, on. yeah. Oh, let me get into the RoboCop thing. Yeah. All right. So that that actually is a great thing to bring up, Charlie. Nice, nicely done. You're welcome. Um, so the Verhoeven Total Recall from the 90s is... It's one of his like signature movies with the over-the-top violence. It's a satire on uh, American life, American life, American life at the time that the movie came out. You know, like um, you know, it's just it's just over-the-top violent. The new one, um, and, um, sorry, let me go back. So, and so the violence in the movie is so gross. People getting shot, like you know, like it's just they must have spent a fortune on blood. It's rated R. Right? Oh, it's got it. Yeah, There's yeah. no way it's not. And the new one to get people to go see it is rated PG 13. Right. So, in order to have like action sequences, they create this army of Robocops that patrol with Kate Beckinsale. They go with her everywhere. And that's who Colin Farrell shoots in the face and all over is he just shoots these robots. And it's right. just no like, blood. there's no blood. There's no consequences for killing any of these robots. There's, mm. you, you don't care. Like, I mean, you don't care about any of the henchmen in, in the original, but like when you see someone's face get blown right. off, they're, they're you're, people. Yeah. You're like, Oh man. And there's so many good sequences in the new one that if he was fighting a real person, you, they would be like completely memorable because a lot of the movie takes place in these weird elevators and and whatnot. And there's this one scene where he's fighting a robot, in the elevators move in three dimensions, like they move back and forth and up and down. And at one point, the elevator, the robot's got its arms in the elevator, and it gets they get sluiced off or whatever. That's a word. Slushed. Yeah, and you can only imagine if like if that was like a guy he was fighting who loses his arms, you know, like these two arms in the. And the elevator, and then imagine Schwarzenegger saying, "I guess we have a couple of hands." Yep, <laughs> and uh, and so I'm not deleting that. No, nope. 
Hold on um, to that. But like, you know, like moments like that, like over the top kind of violence in this like silly sci-fi movie. Yeah. Would have been would have been perfectly received, but instead he just fights a robot and kicks it out the door. You know, things like that. Um and then Total Recall, the original, again, like I was saying, the whole time you really don't know if it's if he's really the secret agent. Right. Or if he's it's still if the it's thing. the thing. And and it does such a good job, especially when you when you watch it very close, because during the the st- when he's choosing what kind of adventure he wants to go on, the guy who who's there is presenting him with options, mm-hmm. and you could see them on the screen. And so when he says, "Oh, secret agent," it pops up on the screen. He's like, "Oh, I'll be a secret agent." You know, right. like that's cool. And the new one, um, Colin Farrell goes to total goes to recall, and it looks like it takes it's in a slum, and it's supposed to be the state of the art facility. And John Chow, John Cho. Sulu from the new Star Trek, right, right. Harold from Harold and Kumar, um, runs Recall, and he goes, what do you want your memories to be? Do you want to be a secret agent? And Colin Farrell goes, yeah, I want to be a secret agent. Yeah, that sounds great. But then, you know, like, that's how they get into it in the new one. And it's so shoehorned in where he's like, oh, yeah, you got to be a secret agent. And then immediately he's, you're already a secret agent. Whereas in in the old one, as he's falling asleep, he's supposed to be picking his dream woman right and he picks the woman that sh- that's from his dream it's that dark-haired brunette woman and you can see like it's a 3d image of her and so he picks her and so then that's the woman that he finds so is he dreaming or is he not and this one colin farrell just w- is having a bad dream and then they kick him out and he's he's basically future jason Bourne, right. where he can just he fight. suddenly can kill people i could, and- I could fight and shoot like you wouldn't right. believe and it doesn't make any sense. Like at least the Schwarzenegger one, he's still regular guy, yeah. And he's just stuck in this crazy adventure that may or may not be happening. Right. And they did a really good job in the original one, where you're like, like you're keep saying like, oh my god, no, don't kill somebody. This could be you losing your mind. You're gonna ruin your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So you're constantly doubting it, and you're like, you don't want him to do damage to himself. Yeah. Well, uh, great. Example is in the original one when they send in the guy to get him out, like the computer program guy or whatever. Oh, yeah, says, that's exactly what I'm, I'm here yeah, to yeah. give you the red pill, which which I love because of the Matrix stuff, you know, like, yeah, like yeah. take the red pill and you'll wake up kind of a thing. And <clears throat> excuse me. And the only reason that Arnold doesn't take the pill is because the guy is sweating. He's got like a bead of sweat that runs down his head and that tips for whatever reason that makes Arnold think this guy's not for real. This is this isn't real. Or or you're lying to me. And he right. blows the guy's head away. And everything that the guy said would happen will happen where he says, if you shoot, if you kill me, you're trapped in here forever. The walls will come caving in. Everything that you think is going on will continue to go on forever. And so then he shoots the guy in the head and instantly the walls come crashing in. Which, when you're just kind of watching the movie, you're like, well, of course, the guy was just working for the bad guys. But were they? Were they really? Yeah. You know, or was it the program, you know? And in the new one, they have the same moment where his friend is the guy. The scene goes on for about 10 minutes where they just keep going back and forth where he keeps handing his friend the gun and his friend keeps handing Jessica Biel the gun. And they keep saying, you have to shoot her in order to wake up. 
and it goes on for so long and it's so boring. It's so bad. So, so bad. Don't watch the new Total Recall. Yeah, I don't watch remember the one. one redeeming value from it. I Well, there was maybe one thing with like a cell phone in his hand. That oh, that was kind that of was cool. really dumb. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's it's like one of those things that's cool in practice. But later in the movie, Jessica or uh, Kate Beckinsale, she has to talk on this phone that's inserted into her hand. But she calls Brian Cranston, who's president of England. Oh, I forgot Brian Cranston. And he talks on like a regular cell phone. And it doesn't make any sense. Why does she have a hand phone? It doesn't help you in any way. You still have to use it like a phone. I'm holding my hand up to my face like it was a phone. I don't I don't <laughs> think Len Wiseman is thinking about these things. I no, mean, like in Underworld, no. did it feel like there was a lot of thought, like this was a smart movie? No. No, no it he didn't. doesn't care about that. He cares about action. He yeah. cares about pretty-looking actors. He cares about just... Popcorn entertainment. Yeah. And everybody is a kung fu master. I mean, naturally. The, and Kate Beckinsale, once he once he figures out that he's, you know, like once the turn happens with her, she is like flipping off the walls and right. you know, like, it's like the matrix. Exactly. Whereas in the original one, when he comes home and Sharon Stone is kind of waiting for him, she basically just pulls a knife on him and just tries to get him and he gets away. And but she gets like a couple good hits on him, and but then you know like he he gets away from her, but like this one she becomes the main hunter down person. Like she's and and the new one Kate Beckinsale is trying to hunt him down the entire movie. Is she wearing tight leather pants while she's doing it? She looks great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's she that's, looks. That's one reason to watch this. Right. Movie, watch the new movie. Is she looks Kate Beckinsale just great? Yeah, but not enough. She doesn't look great enough. Mm. But. I could go on for a Batman, Superman kind of length about it. I'm not going. Please do. <laughs> um, so I'm going to stop there. Definitely check out the uh, the old Total Recall if you haven't seen it in a long time. It's really uh, an interesting movie. It really makes you think more than you than you think you will. It's not just a dumb action movie. But that brings us to everyone's favorite part of the show, where we answer last week's Dan's dastardly demand <laughs> and lose ludicrous Lucian. I don't remember what we called. <laughs> How long did it take you to, for you guys to figure those? those we two spent out. more time than you would think. I can only imagine. Um, and that wasn't even what we came up with for Lou. But Lou asked the question: What movie was made in your hometown? And listener Judy said the movie Concussion because she's from Pittsburgh. So that's what she went with. And Dan, Dan's question was, what is a movie that you always get confused with another movie? And I should add, I cut, we ended up having to cut a lot out of last week's episode because it ran extra long. So Dan's question may not have made a lot of sense because we spent about 15 minutes talking about the movie Toy Soldiers and getting it confused with four other movies. <laughs> um, so if, if that wasn't clear, my apologies. It's a great question, though. It was. And here's one of the many answers we received uh, from Corey Icebox Johnson. We got uh, Mission to Mars and Red Planet. Okay. Yeah, that, I always, always just confuse those two together. Mission to Mars is the one with Gary Sinise. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> Gary Sinise is in one of them. 
And Tim Robbins, Tim Robbins is in one of them too. Val Kilmer's in the other one. I think right? Val Kilmer's in Red Planet. No, this is all one movie. Val, Kilmer, <laughs> Val Kilmer's in Red Planet, and Gary Sinise and Tim Robbins are in Iron Man. No, this is an ensemble cast. This is a big, this is a I big can't, movie. I've seen both of those movies and can't even tell you what either one is about. I think Red Planet is aliens, but I, I think they're both aliens. Yeah, are they both? Yeah, but I think one's more. I think Red Planet's more. Like aliens, like Mission to Mars is very subtly alien, and Red Planet's like this is this is alien. Oh, but we, we could be totally wrong. See, that's a perfect example of perfect two movies. Example, just yeah, completely confused. Great answer, Icebox. Right, <laughs> uh, Ray. You said you had a few. yeah. I had a few. Uh, uh, first one is was kind of confusing when they first came out. As the time has gone by, you know the difference. But Deep Impact and Armageddon, <laughs> right, both came out at like the exact same time. Yeah. And they were both movies about meteors killing their killing killing the earth. Yeah. Um, this is for all the girls out there, <laughs> <laughs> and guys. Have you ever seen? And guys, oh, have you ever seen it? Uh, no strings attached, and um, um, friends with benefits. Both came out around the same time. No strings uh, attached is with Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Oh. And friends with benefits is with Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis. And they're both essentially the same exact movie <laughs> about two people that are like friends with benefits right. that don't want to like start dating, but obviously at the end. I think they I end actually up. seemed. They both came movies. out like in the yeah. same summer. They both came out like one came out in like June, the other came out in like August. I remember the Timberlake one. Yeah. Because. So those movies, I always get confused, and then. Just basically based on name, payback and paycheck. Payback. I know. Mel Gibson. Oh, yeah, that's man. a great movie. Paycheck Pay- is the, the terrible paycheck? Ben Affleck, paycheck, Uma Thurman yeah. movie. It's like a sci-fi. sci-fi I think it might be a Philip K. Dick. Uh, re- uh, is it? Yeah, really? Remake wow. or uh, adaptation. It was during the dark ages. The yeah, Ben Affleck. Bad dark Ben period. Affleck times. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, uh, so those were a couple I had. I don't remember. If we if we talked about it on the show last week, but um, Volcano and Dante's Peak. Oh yeah, there you go. Those are good. And I know one is with Volcanoes with Tommy Don, Lee Jones. Uh, yeah, Volcanoes, Tommy Lee Jones, and Dante's Peak. It's Linda Hamilton, Linda Hamilton, and Pierce Bronson. Right. But I can't remember <laughs> which movie has the old lady pushing the boat through the acid water. Like the old lady, her kids are in the boat and they don't have an oar, so she just gets out and starts walking through acid water, and then she just evaporates into the water. I can't remember what movie that's from. <laughs> that's so stupid. I know. I know. When I was a kid, I got three movies confused all the time. I still to this day don't know the difference between them. There's a movie called Leviathan. Leviathan? Yeah. Deep Star Six. And the Abyss, yeah. And all um, three movies are the same. I've seen movie. the Abyss. Yeah. Abyss is great. I I might have liked it. I don't know because it's like they're all the same movie to me. I don't know which one's which. I, I get the Abyss and Sphere mixed up sometimes. Um, I never oh, saw yeah, Sphere. Yeah, yeah. Sphere is an awesome movie for the first hour, and then it just gets so stupid. It yeah, I just like whole, saying whole the title. Frightened. Sphere. Sphere. Such a weird word. Say it three times, and it loses all meaning. <laughs> Like, I don't even know what word I'm saying anymore. Another one I just thought of is uh, <laughs> White House Down and Olympus Has Fallen. Yep. Oh, yeah. Those are the same movie. Yeah. yeah same exact movie. And Th- same don't thing. they both star Gerard Butler? Like, <laughs> isn't he the president in one of them and then the hero in the other? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> but they came out around the same time, too. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there's a couple. Uh, I got that way also with a couple of the uh, Liam Neeson movies recently. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, they all yeah. bled together. Steve, that happens with Steven Seagal movies, too. Yeah. You just think they're all the same thing. And I, one I just thought, wait, too. I thought Steven Seagal made a 15-hour movie. <laughs> I, thought, I didn't know that they were separate You didn't movies. know that they were different? No, I had no idea. I just thought of another one, too. Uh, Steve Jobs and Jobs. The two different oh, yeah. oh, Steve yeah. Jobs biopic yeah. movies. Yeah. That's... That's too fresh, though, I think. Yeah, think yeah, not yeah. enough time's gone by for us to forget which one was which. Right. And also, Michael Fassbender's an excellent actor. Yeah. Um, all right, well, great questions, Lou and Dan. Wait, what was the other question? Maybe you only answered one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lou's question was, what movie was filmed in your hometown? Oh, that's right, that's right. And, and listener Judy said Concussion, which was made last year in Pittsburgh so she couldn't think of another movie made in Pittsburgh in the last so many years Judy and I share a birthday so happy birthday Judy my birthday was last week oh thanks happy, <laughs> happy, happy belated birthday oh you shouldn't have uh, so anyway what is Ray or Ray what is this week's Ray's random Ray quest it's back it's back uh, this week, uh, you watched a remake of Total Recall, mm-hmm. um, and you didn't like it. That's right. Um, so, either name a remake that you did like, which there aren't many. I can't think of one that, that is better than the original. Basically, if, it, if an original was good, uh-huh. was the remake even better? Right. Or... The that's thing. the only one I could think of. Yep. Yeah, that's what popped in my um, Or a way easier way to answer it is what is the worst remake? That's great. Um, you can think of, and there's a ton of those. Mm-hmm. Especially uh, recently, because it seems like they're remaking everything these days. Yeah. It's a lot of money in that. I want some money. Charlie, mm-hmm. how can you get some money? By plugging my graphic novel, Boy Zero. <laughs> Uh, which uh, I just found out is going to get um, national distribution hey. in Woo. brick and mortar stores in November. Just in time for Christmas gifts, everybody. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but right now you can get it on Amazon.com, a hard copy, volume one or volume two. Um, or if you want a digital copy, go to Comixology, go to iTunes, go to. Um, Drive through comics, um, calibercomics.com. Pretty much anywhere you could buy a digital book, uh, you can get it there. Boy Zero by Charles Chester. And if you're listening to us on the podcast radio network, we're here every week on Wednesdays at 10:30. If you would like to hear more from us, you can listen to our back catalog, and you can find that on. Yeah, we got a back catalog. 30 episodes now. This is episode 30. This is our 31st episode. Wow. We didn't do anything for the 26th, except produce more entertaining (laughs) content. (laughs) Uh, But you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us on all the regular places, Google Play Music. (laughs) Um, ThisWeekInFilmPodcast.com. That's right. Uh, Comment with or you know like like our Facebook page, share the show, like us, review us, all that all that nonsense. Answer mm-hmm. Ray's random request, uh, mm-hmm. and you, we'll talk about your movie that you mentioned on the show probably. Um, other than that, 
I don't have anything else. Do you guys have anything else? No. No. Well, Peace if, out. If that's the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. <laughs> <laughs>